This is the Mind and the Might podcast. No, I <laughs> It started. Is, oh my god, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, you go for it. This is action. the Mind Action. One, two, Hi guys, we're the Mind and the Mind podcast, as you may have heard, and I'm here with Donna and Harsh, and I can tell you why we're here. This is a university project, and we're very excited to be recording this episode, as it's the first episode we're recording. Yay! (laughs) And you might ask, what are we going to talk about? This podcast is going to be all about the creative mind, um, the intricacies of the industry, the mental health in the industry and what connects us all is that first we're doing the same master's degree um, and second of all we're all creatives in (laughs) our own field. In this episode we will talk about the culture of semiotics and how it defines our creativity and the creative and our creative processes. If you are working in a creative field you might find yourself relating to what we're saying and you might ask yourself questions um, about your creative process and how your culture defines it and if you're not in a creative field that's completely fine because you might find the insight into what we're saying very very beneficial very interesting to hear a different perspective um, from people from the creative fields um, and now to explain what are cultural semiotics, because you might be confused um, <laughs> and not know what we're talking about, and that's completely fine. Uh, semiotics is a process where a sign is given a meaning um, and it communicates something. In this case, we can define culture as a system of symbols um, or meaningful signs. We all come from different backgrounds, uh, me, Don and Harsh, different countries, different cultures. And all of our cultures have defined us as creatives in some way, more or less. And it is interesting to go back and assess how that happened and what exactly happened. Um, It can be colors, fonts we use, the style of our work, um, the style of communication and more, really anything yeah that's true that's true yeah donna would you like to start oh yeah hi well yes if i have to start with my full name since we are talking about cultures here um my name is orishesha naye donna bennett um i'm from nigeria west africa and um yes i mean you see also studying the design innovation and brand management with you guys fun (laughs) and it's nice that we're doing this podcast because um when the um course the semiotic was brought into the um the course it was really interesting because you don't really think that it's kind of affects you or it's Mm -hmm. part of your daily life but then when our tutor our lecturer was talking about it kathleen I was like, wow, that's so true. And I think um, it's important how we relate this to our culture, especially someone like me. I come from a very artistic background and um, and being also West African, and it, it plays heavily in our culture because there's so many ethnic groups. Okay, this I'm Nigerian, but also my father is Ghanaian. And you have two different countries very very different cultures and for me the the play of 
um, colors and the play of words and signs and symbols because ev like everybody has a tribe, you know? Everybody has a tribe. Is the culture in Ghana and uh, Nigeria that different? Oh, yes. It's like... Um, Nigeria has, let's say, around about 500 plus ethnic groups. Oh. I think it's less in Ghana. And um, we, and the, well, there might be similarities, but I guess in terms of language, that's what really separates us. Because in Nigeria, there are three major languages, which is um, Yoruba, Igbo, and um, Hausa, that's the north. And I come from actually the real minority, the, the one of the hundreds of tribe that is not we're not really a big tribe but um we call ourselves the chekiris and um like i say our culture and colors play a really heavy heavy um impact on our life. and that's like that's why it's semiotics so how do i put this okay like for instance I'm going to center more on the Nigerian culture because I grew up more in Nigeria than I grew up in Ghana. I really didn't visit there as much as I wish I could. But in Nigeria, colors are so crucial to everybody's culture because like I grew up in the western side, coast, uh, closer to the coastal side, that's the west. So our colors tend to revolve around blues you know okay. because if you see in delta states where like my mom's from our taxi cabs are blue mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you oh, have this yeah oh. yeah you got the uh, while in the other state the the local taxi cabs are kind of yellow but because of we're so aquatic they yeah. tend to give that blue thing so yeah. when you go to that state and you see your first thing is like, oh what are the colors of your cabs <laughs> blue so you know right. that it's blue. So when you go to another state and you see the color blue, they're like, that's a bit odd. Yeah, that's you so know? interesting. Yeah. 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 So the color has already titled that part of the uh, of the country mm -hmm. that it's blue. The color in Lagos for local cabs are yellow. Uh -huh. So if you see a yellow cab in it's, in another state, you'll yeah. be like, oh, it doesn't sit well. Your <laughs> mind starts to play yeah. with you that the colors are not rhyming with what. So you see how color has already guided us and fixed our mind that this color must be this place this mm -hmm. color must be that place and yeah so like you said um <laughs> i'm harsh by the way um i'm from india and like you said yellow cabs now in mumbai okay. for so many years i think since very like 75 years mm -hmm. till like last week the the taxis the cabs that that, that were driven in mumbai the typical south mumbai part they were um ambassador taxis and they were black and blue colored black and, and blue oh, uh, sorry black and uh, yellow oh black and black yellow, and yellow. Oh, okay, I was <laughs> black and yellow <laughs> okay sorry. yeah black and yellow and that had become uh, become a significant semiotic color of mumbai itself anytime you say mumbai the cabs used to come up but now they are discontinued, so oh, wow. it's a very sad thing. I don't know. It's like a heritage part of Mumbai. That's, that, that's, that's like that's that your is, iconic color. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, every time we used to say Mumbai, like we used to see okay ambassador back, uh, taxis. They were called Victoria taxis as well. Okay. Yeah. So those were like beautiful cabs which are like yeah. now discontinued that's ours so. are just boring yellow cabs <laughs> yeah. like. but still but what about your culture what colors are your cabs like? or your yeah well we have a lot of private companies okay um, it's not just one cab company. I assume that's okay. no. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Got, as not a cab local, company, local, but local. overall cultural. Oh, yeah. 
I feel like red, red is a big color um, we see on clothes. Yes. And yes. gold. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Oh my God, I'm Maggie. And I'm from <laughs> Bulgaria. I should probably say that before talking about my country. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. <So. laughs> yeah. Um, well, where I'm from, red is a big thing, I feel like. It's red. in many different parts of the culture. I never would have thought that. Sorry, because of the Western thing. Red, very prominent in Bulgaria. Yeah. Wow. I can... I can probably tie it to many different parts of the history, actually, okay. and to many different traditions. Mm. For example, in Easter, when we color eggs, yeah. right, on Easter, um, and the original tradition started by coloring the red, the eggs only in the red color. Okay. Oh. And the tradition is that the they've kept part of that tradition, and now the first egg is red. Okay. And the mothers make a cross on the oh, forehead. Oh, so there's a religious note to yeah, it. Yeah, Because I do. Oh. I, 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 so sorry to. It's like it's a Catholicism because I know Catholicism is this sort of liturgy that it goes to red during yeah. the Easter time. It's Orthodox. Actually. It's Orthodox. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Orthodox. It's a okay. bit different, you know. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's uh, tied to to Jesus and the religion. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm not really religious okay. i'm interested in understanding these traditions rituals and so on so mm -hmm. i know that has a tie mm -hmm. to reli religion okay yeah. funny how you were saying red because like for instance like again in nigeria the royalty especially like the um from delta state or the benin kingdom especially is tied a lot to red too that uh, you see when the chiefs wear their white regalia, they put the red belt. Uh -huh. And then the coral beads that they wear is red because coral coral from the sea is mm. royalty, it's red. And so when they wear this, their red attire, they look, oh my God, there's this intimidating thing. And it, mm. it's tied down to, to also religion because of yes. the traditional religion. Red is almost a, a symbol of mystical and all that. Yeah. Really? So that red thing gives this prominent mystical thing of the the olu or the oba as he walks in that regalia and um and um sometimes people unfortunately can see red in a, in a, a, a negative fetish way you uh -huh. know yeah. i think yeah sometimes when they say oh yeah why are you putting the red cloth in oh, the middle seductive. of it you know it mm. could be seductive mm. it could be fetish it could be royal so it depends on where that color is playing in yeah. the culture yeah. But for sure, black is one culture that <laughs> in the yeah. culture that is not is it's sort of frowned upon because naturally, if even in Ghana, black is definitely looked at as um, uh, mourning. You're definitely mourning in black, mm -hmm. and uh, in in also the Nigerian culture, if you wear black, it's I mean naturally your your parents would not want you to wear black. They'll be like, why are you always wearing black? Wear something brighter, yeah. you know? Why are you wearing black? And I've noticed that here in the in England, in, in the UK, black is so prominent. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is always wearing black. And it's considered classy and <laughs> yeah. you know, timeless. Yeah, all yeah. timeless. It's funny how it's same in India as well. Mm. Black color is very like frowned upon when <laughs> oh. it's worn. Wow. But while white color itself like you said you you use it in royalty it's yeah. used like a piece um yes. signifying mm -hmm. color yeah. in india so it's worn on funerals you yeah, it's same, white same. is worn 
during funerals in wow, India. Wow, is it? So yeah, I while like... on the completely opposite side, it's on okay, Western world, yeah. it's white is worn on okay. marriages. Oh wait, um, you wear white on funerals? Yeah. I thought you said you wear black on funerals. No, the the guys white on funerals. Black. Oh. Okay. And uh, black is like it is worn. But it is not that of a significant color. It is col- mm. it is used with other colors. So some like some uh, regions in India, um, their their traditional dresses are actually made out of black and red colored sarees. Yes, because every so, time I think about India, I always see your the wonderful reds mixed with gold embroidery and things, yes. and it so stands out that you're like yes. you can't help but fall in love with it. And yes. like when I see your sarees. That also reminds me of how, like the the the, the Olu or the Oba dresses in their red with the gold mixed in it, and there's this regal thing about it. It's like your ladies are always so princess-like yeah, in their saris. Yeah, and asaris. actually, those saris differ from state to state. There are like okay. 29 states, and from the state I come from, I'm from Maharashtra. Mm-hmm. My state has um, the like we can say significant color. There are even different saris within my state itself. But the significant colors we can say are green and red. Okay. So in pairs, usually they are in pairs. If you go to Gujarat area, then they are like black and red, and some other col- color combinations. If you go to um, South India, they are one. They wear bl- uh, white and golden color sarees. Oh, if you go to Bengal area, which is like a northeastern area, they wear red and white sarees. <laughs> so the colors uh, change according to the state. Okay. Oh. Because you just said like red plays a prominent role in like in Bulgaria, in yeah. Europe. but then do you have local dresses, Bulgarian ethnic yeah. wear? What kind of colors do you have in your ethnic I wear? I think um, it's a white shirt. Okay. And we have something. It's a type of pattern. Okay. That is made of um, geometrical. Um, okay. Figures and shapes. Okay. And I was just. Thinking about that <laughs> because I realized that in my designs and in my work, I include a lot of geometrical shapes. Oh, so yeah, so influenced one yeah, way or the other. <laughs> because I, I was, I started wondering why do I keep using geometrical shapes and mm. everything and everything. And then I realized that tr- the what you asked me about the traditional clothes, um, we use a lot of r- green as well. Okay. Um, that's our flag, actually. Um, it's a uh, white, uh, red, green, oh, and wow. yeah. So we have <laughs> white, a lot red, of that. Green. There's also yeah. green in green, green, white, green, Nigeria. <laughs> oh, it's orange, yeah. white, and green. Yeah. <laughs> There's green somewhere. Green. Yeah, and it's about the the sky, <laughs> the scenery, and the blood of the people who fought for Ooh. us. Ooh, <laughs> so, so yeah. Nice. And uh, that's um, what's on the clothes as well. There's these little shapes, geometrical shapes that form flowers, that form other okay. things. And it's red. And we also have been a lot of black elements as well. Okay. So black is very included. So, like this, you say, has this oh. your cultural kind of um, clothes and things, has it streamed onto, let's say, modern times now do people still wear these clothes there is actually this brand by this designer <laughs> a lot of people started doing that it's okay. not just one person now and okay. they make modern type clothing okay. but including these patterns mm-hmm. so it's a bit modernized but you're still wearing your your culture, native world your, because 
Yeah, it's very interesting because I was thinking about also like it. it, it we have a very uh, prominent, uh, let's say, marriage uh, scene in in mm. in Nigeria, which is it's a very big thing, especially yeah. the traditional marriage, which sometimes I feel it goes over the top. <laughs> so, and uh, if you see the colors, that's why, like. It's called in in the Western place. It's uh, Western Nigeria, like the Yoruba called. It's called Ashwebi, yeah. and Ashwebi is something that every one of us we wear the same color. We wear the same attire. We wear, like when the, when someone is getting married, it be traditional, even being a naming ceremony, yeah. like a someone will bring an attire to you. It might. It's mostly the Ankara material, and the Ankara material is riddled with colors and things, and you are like made to buy this material to, so that you represent either your friend or family you know and i can't say it's a specific color all i can say is a kaleidoscope of colors <laughs> depending on who brings it and sometimes you feel left out that yeah you are in the party scene everyone is wearing the same attire yeah. then you come in wearing pink <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is in the band so you just stand out you know if this is say this is where semiotic will really stand you are yeah. like you are not part of us you didn't read the sign you didn't read the color how come you came in this color when all of us are all in yeah. blues you come in pink so it's very cultural and it's very distinctive that um you buy that attire you look like one of us you party like one of us and it, it's kind of it's kind of fun and 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 uh, I kind of like, I mean, do you do, I, I mean, we call it Ashwebi. Do you do that in India? That must everyone be made to buy the attire and attend the wedding um, so <laughs> or the party? <laughs> nowadays, the marriage, uh, the wedding um, kind of rituals have changed. Everything okay. has become a little bit modern. So everyone okay, wants yeah. to wear those um, suits or maybe vests with their kurtas. So kurtas is a um, traditional f- uh, form of top that men wear. Okay. So now they wear vest with it, which is like a Western addition I to think it. I've seen but it. It's both, nice. yeah, but so kurta is like an Indian uh, traditional thing, and the vest comes like from the Western side of it. One can say, mm-hmm. and some some people nowadays directly wear um, a whole suit on their mm-hmm. wedding or even on the reception itself. But I would say that nowadays the biggest trend of uh, marriages or weddings is everyone likes to wear white so it has become or white or the like monochrome uh, version of whites and yellows so so the what has happened nowadays is because of this now people are like going back to their roots so there's one brand called as um manyavar mohe who actually says that if you are not in a attire wedding attire a traditional indian wedding attire then you should not you're not allowed so their advertisements oh. say that itself <laughs> but the designs are actually good they are a little bit westernized but it's fine because they're mm-hmm. but they actually give an ethnic indian essence with them it's funny how you said that this new that i don't think right now the cultures that we all have one way or the other has been rubbed off by western influences even if you notice like the attires that are worn it's almost like a uh almost like ballroom um dress up yeah. that is a so you could tell that designers are now going to all this um like um red carpet styles yeah. you know and um 
so you can say that definitely the western influence has rubbed off on even our traditional attires and things still use traditional but still say it in the western way i can <laughs> say that it has definitely <laughs> rubbed off a lot on us <laughs> i have not seen a traditional wedding in ages actually i've not seen people wear traditional clothing okay um in weddings i don't think that's a thing anymore i don't think it ever was <laughs> uh, in africa it's, it's a big thing and you know what if coming away from there something just came up in my mind especially when we're talking about colors and things um you do remember that rema yeah remember yeah, yeah, rema yeah, yeah, yeah. rema had a concert like two days ago this uh that was uh we november yeah yeah so um that was november 14th or yeah. 14th or 15th and um he was trying to promote a lot of the culture with yeah. a lot of stage acts and mm -hmm. a lot of stage props and and it's so funny that on social media it's happening that because he was wearing a lot of reds and blacks and the images he was portraying on the screen and the props he was using, people were thinking that Rema is going a bit demonic. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the videos. You, you saw the videos. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was yeah. definitely a great concert, but there were a lot of people who, because of what you call that influence of traditional yeah. backgrounds, were thinking that, of course, most Nigerians are all religious. Most Africans are very, very religious. So the next thing they were all thinking that oh, Rema is going all demonic. Oh my God. Why is Rema riding on a horse? Like, why is he bringing this strange image and dancing around it? Why he's screaming? Ah! And, and, and someone tried to explain that. Now, yes, yes, where you can get semiotics confused by the signs and the symbols because he was trying to show in his own way the modern way of the benin kingdom take like we do have the benin kingdom are very well known for their bronze casting and their images and all that their art and this is what he was trying to promote you know that this is my culture even though people did not get it they were like no we didn't see that what we saw was you dancing like a voodoo person around this thing yeah. now everyone is all scared that, oh god we have to go to church and confess oh lord why were we in this concert but i think they got him wrong they got the uh, they got the colors wrong they got the um the symbols wrong it's yeah. your perspective it's did he do a good job of trying to explain where he was coming from maybe not Maybe he, there could have been, I know it's a concert, but maybe there could have been something that could say, Hey, this is me trying to big yeah. up my, um, my culture in a different way. And unfortunately it seems it didn't work. And now we have this trend going on, like run to church because yeah. we attended yeah. the Rema concert. Well, I don't see that way. I just think that uh, it's, it's nice how you mentioned the singer. So does his music kind of reflect uh, any um, on semiotics yeah. on the culture? His music definitely reflects it because when he sings that, do you remember Baby, Calm Down? Calm Down. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, like, he obviously uses the language um, which is, like, native, but other than the language, is there, like, a musical uh, melody which is, like, yes, similar? Yes, it's, it's the Afrobeat melody. I mean, once you hear the Afrobeat, no matter where you are, you definitely understand that that is the culture mm -hmm. where it's coming yeah. from. It's Afrobeat, yeah. it's African. Even funny enough, Chris Brown has 
adopted his new sound he brought Sergio yeah. he definitely yeah. went all Afrobeat and so when we heard it what was the first thing we thought huh is this an African <laughs> singing no it's Chris Brown he just adopted the Afrobeat <laughs> sound and it's like that's right yeah so we're like and it was really nice I do like that sound it was really 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 nice so yeah. yes I think uh, Rema great singer did he portray the culture he did did people get it maybe they did not but <laughs> still it, it's there, an interpretation are... everyone has their own way to interpret uh interpret <laughs> oh i'm all cross for word everyone has their own way to yeah, yeah, interpret yeah. <laughs> the whole thing you know there, are, yeah. there are many nigerian singers that are coming up nowadays mm-hmm. i've like i've heard yeah. a lot of songs which are like which have the you said the sign significant that afro beat, beat. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love Afrobeats. It's yeah. so nice to listen to. It's, it's interesting. It like is. It, it is because, like you said, once the semiotic, the beats. The beats. Once yeah. the beat comes yeah. up, you turn around. Who is who is singing Afrobeats? So, like, and then when Chris Brown brought that one, we're like, Chris Brown, you're <laughs> now singing Afrobeats. <laughs> <laughs> but it only makes sense because as we were talking, we get inspired by colors, yes, shapes, yes, materials, even gold. If you're using gold in your design, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, singers get inspired by beats. By beats, exactly. yes, yeah. yes. music, music like, brings us all together. Yeah, like from mm. India now, oh, the yes. most famous kind of music that is there, kind of I I I have to say, is Punjabi music, mm-hmm. which oh, yes. is like <laughs> the most trending. But again, the thing is, India has so many languages and so many kinds of music. How many languages? Sorry to ask. Really. Um, How many languages roughly do you think it's have? okay? So each. Uh, now india has over 30 states now yes. and each state has over one main language and a few sub languages okay. sub dialects so okay. if you move from like one town to other <laughs> the dialect will change wow so it is that different do you, do you think you get inspired by your language i would definitely say that because mm. at in the very beginning i would say in like ancient times in india mm-hmm. there was one significant language which was sanskrit mm-hmm. okay and that is known to be the mother of all indian languages mm-hmm. and okay. sometimes they even say that some foreign languages are also based on this sanskrit okay. language okay definitely uh, pali or um, some of the tibetan languages mm-hmm. they are based on pali and sanskrit languages Mm-hmm. so it is like the mother i would say the base of so yeah the base of all the languages is same so that's why i can understand understand basics of many mm-hmm. languages in india mm-hmm. okay. because they have the similar kind of tonality we can say while listening to them similar words okay. similar state sentence structure but only i guess the nouns and change okay the, the yeah. okay, i don't nouns and that. verbs can change verse, okay um another thing is the scripts differ okay. so each and every language in india has their own different scripts okay. written scripts okay well i'd like to see that i so. think europe there was one thing that fascinates me about european language is that mm. somehow your language is kind of almost similar because i well my uncle used to he spoke italian and he said the reason why he could understand a bit of french and a bit of But it was that like your base was Latin. Mm, I feel like it really depends on the part of Europe. Okay. A lot of Eastern European countries share, share the same things, and even more, 
um, Slavic countries. Okay. Bulgarian is a Slavic country. We use the Cyrillic okay. uh, uh -huh. alphabet. And I ask you that question because I think I get inspired by the way our alphabet is written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We write in cursive. Yeah. You've probably seen. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I, I, I use a lot of um, cursive handwritten fonts okay. when I create some visuals. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. And I, I write in cursive. Of course, not everyone has to write in cursive. <laughs> yeah. But that's, they teach us from so first that's grade your to write. So you're writing language i mean your written is cursive yeah yeah right. that's what that's what um they they teach us from first grade no capital when letters you're, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's we we were we are taught to write in cursive and then from wow. that everyone changes some okay. people may write in cursive some people may yeah. write in another font everyone mm. has their own different handwriting but definitely um cursive is the way they teach us I don't always write in cursive. I can, but um, it's 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 <laughs> That's yeah yeah. Because in the well in in Nigeria, I mean, because we so many ethnic groups and and each of those ethnic groups have their own uh, way of um, of course spelling and writing. But I can probably still say the base might be a bit of like English, because you know that we were colonized by the British. And so the only binding language we do have yeah, is English. English or Pigeon English. Or, well, not Pigeon, we call it Broken English. Okay, and okay. the Broken English is if I can't understand you or if you can't even speak English properly, the next thing I'm heading to is Broken English. Like if oh. I say, how are you? You say, how you day? Ah. Uh, are you doing well? Share you day, do well. You know, those guys are... Uh, uh, today look well. I'm not oh, even. Okay. I'm not. I'm not discussing. <laughs> you should be going to do. But what I'm just trying to say is that um, what for languages the only thing that can that breaks down the barriers of the more than 500 speaking languages plus there is the broken English, which the man in the north can speak it, the yeah. person in the south can speak it, the person in the midbulk can. Speak it. So. That is the only thing that brings us together because if you're talking about written languages, I mean, when you look at Yoruba, there's a lot of hyphens and things. Yeah. So it's, 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 everything is totally different. Mm -hmm. But pidgin, broken English, funny enough, actually unites not just Nigerians. There's a way the, the people, because we're in between French, we're actually surrounded by a lot of French countries, mm -hmm. French speaking countries. Yeah. And it's just like, I would just say, probably Nigeria and Ghana that speaks English. And between the two of us, also the pidgin English, the broken English unites us when we speak, you know. So we can't definitely, not everybody can speak Fanti or Ga or Ashanti, which is, these are the um, sort of languages that come from yeah. from Ghana. And um, yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting. Like this is all funny enough. This is all also semiotics in culture, and it's it's, it's funny fun. how it's this is the same exact thing in India. Because I was just gonna ask because <laughs> uh, now our main language, official language, you can say is English and mm, yeah. Hindi and Hindi, yeah. But people mix those two, and that's why like a slang language you can say like mm. pidgin English, we mm. call it Hinglish. English. <laughs> so it has it has 
mixture of words and it has no similar sentence sentence structure you can just put any word in any language and everyone will understand what you're going you're trying to say <laughs> that's why sometimes even after coming here i try to speak with you in english so after i realize <laughs> oh no i'm not back home <laughs> i am in britain so i need to like focus on yeah. only english <laughs> nice That happens to me a lot. If Do I you have a pigeon English? No, we actually don't. We just have a horrible pronunciation <laughs> of English, which a lot of Bulgarians do. It's the very strong "hello, how are you?" Oh, type of pronunciation. And yeah, hmm. well, it's not exactly broken English. It's just very interesting pronunciation. But, but sometimes when I speak in Bulgarian and I come here and I want to speak to you in Bulgarian, then I'm like, no, <laughs> take a second. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. That's very yeah. interesting. A lot of, I feel like I see a lot of similarities between yeah. what we've mentioned. Yeah. The colors, especially the colors. Yes. I feel like that's a big part of colors, every culture. Colors actually is like a very nice part that is also similar in food. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Food, yes. <laughs> When we talk about food, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what are the major spices that you Yeah, oh yeah, no, in Nigeria. Ah, yeah. Because of the different cultures. The sort of spices vary from from different from which region you come okay. from mm-hmm. and again since i grew up more even though i'm from delta states i grew up in um i grew up in lagos which is the western area mm-hmm. and among the yoruba people they eat a lot of spices i mean it is burning they have this they call it atarudo this it's like the scotch bonnet you know No. If you okay, if you go to the um to the like the, in 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 UK yeah, the Asian shops, you see this Scotch bonnets, this uh, little sort of roundish red. You see them in red color, green, yellow. You know, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the kind of spice. Even we have the long, we have the long pepper. Oh, those okay. long pepper ones too. What usually, usually they dry it up, and when it is dried, it is blended into a powdery form. You know, okay. yeah, oh, yeah. It's very, but then, in our food, we have the so we have curries. We've got got thyme. We've got all that. But it's really important that in the West, that in the West, when they eat, they can't eat without spices. They can't eat. The food must burn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. it must burn you to a point that oh, they will not be <laughs> you. It, you haven't cooked because if you cook a food without any of this. Ataro doing inside they were like uh-huh. your food is not hot is bland well are we drinking milk here that <laughs> come on spice this food up give it a little bit of kick and not just a kick it's more like give it a blow so yeah yeah, yeah our, and our food our food very they are very colorful one thing i must say is that um, our food are very 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 colorful not just in terms of and it tastes good yes we eat a lot of meat you hardly find a vegan but what is it like what would you say it's is it spicy food or it is, is it spicy sweet? food there there's no we have sweets yes we have local sweets but the culture doesn't tend to go into much sugary stuff mm-hmm. it's mostly uh it's mostly spicy or um There's a word that we say. Talking about like semi- yeah. semiotics, yeah. if someone asks that what is like Nigerian food, what would they say? Is it like a spicy hit? 
Okay. Yeah. If you want to say Nigerian food, the first thing that comes to your head might be jollof rice. And jollof ah. rice is the red rice, which is spicy. Oh, so rice is spicy. Oh, I was right. The jollof rice is spicy. <laughs> wow. And I think that is one thing that we have taken to the world because um, the jollof rice is what binds that. They say, oh, are we going to eat Nigerian jollof rice? Even though there's a jollof war that is happening between us and Ghana. Ghana says they make the best jollof rice. Ah. And we say, no, we make the best jollof rice. So that has caused a war. But now it's, it's a good <laughs> war. It's a good food war. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Food war. <laughs> yeah. But one thing about um, also going back to, do you have special rice? I mean, special meals that can be based on semiotic that once you say this food at least jollof rice is yeah. west african nigerian what food will be your f- in bulgaria i feel like probably either yogurt ah. but a very special type of yogurt you know it's not like the original yogurt that you, we have here in the uk okay it's a different bacteria that acts oh. in the yogurt and I think something even better than that is white brine cheese. It I looks like feta, it. but it's saltier. Mm. And it sits in this liquid that is just salt. And it's kind of marinating <laughs> the girl, your in face. the liquid. See, look at your face. It must be really good for you to... <laughs> Look at your face. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just explaining with my face right now, but it's amazing. I wow. love that cheese. Lovely. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in so pastry. It's salty. It's in sal- yeah, it's, it's, it's salty. Okay. It's salty. It has a little kick. A like, kick. Yeah, it's quite salty. It can be. Because it can it's be less salty. salty kick. It's not a, a salty spicy kick. It's not spicy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not spicy. Definitely not you spicy. You eat it with everything or especially with what? It's literally on it. It can be on anything. Mm. It can be on salads, which it is in a lot of salads. It can be in pastry. Mm. It can be on top of food. It can be on top of fries. It can be on anything. It can be on a sandwich. Nice. Versatile. I would say, like, it's funny how uh, the northern areas, which is like Bulgaria, it has like a less spicy. um, (laughs) Even, even like, the tolerance is less. So, not not that spicy, but... Us as like an equatorial countries, I'd oh. say we have like a very high spice tolerance. Now, I don't myself, I don't eat that much spice, but <laughs> okay. I mean, I've seen people just directly eating peppers, oh, no. fried peppers on the stand outside like a street food. And I'm <laughs> like, how can you eat that? It's so heavy. heavy I think spice. I've got a limit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But yes, if yes. you say India, India is like, it has curries yes. and yeah. it has rice. I mean, again, it's region to region. It differs. South India has a lot of types of rice, and you'll be surprised how many kind of kinds of rice they can make wow. with just less ingredients. I have a very important question. Yeah, you know how tikka masala chicken is very, very <laughs> in the UK. Yeah, yes. is it an actual meal in India? Yeah, because it's... I've heard that it does. I've actually, it's and I like masala. it. What yeah. tikka, tikka masala? Yeah. Tikka masala is like okay, so it's masala means spice. Yeah. Okay. And tikka is like a patty. Oh. Or um, even like when you put it on a skewer, yeah. It's okay. like the small. Those things are called as tikkas. Okay. So tikka masala itself is like a very common thing in India, and you can make it with different kinds of things. So mm-hmm. it can be either be very spicy or very mild if it's made with uh something like creams so okay. dairy is heavily used in india mm-hmm. we don't have that much of 
non-veg uh, domination we can say but the most eat, eaten thing is chicken okay. chicken is very famous and oh, okay yeah. chicken yeah so we eat bread naan which oh, is I love like your a non-bread. toasted naan yeah. funny enough i really love your naan breads oh yeah, i love your naan breads yes your yeah, flat breads very nice yeah so yeah. butter usage is very nice heavy in india butter yeah. butter yeah they you have butter chicken yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i'm hearing so many delicious meals spices <laughs> yeah i think it's india beautiful. was like very first like very in very beginning india used to export spices that was the yes. main export yes yes it was uk yes. used to buy spices from us yeah and we have like a very variety of spices that we export till today oh yes and <laughs> turmeric i would I say i see them in the shops i would the say Asian turmeric shops. is like the most famous and the most biggest biggest thing that we still use yeah. in our foods yeah. amazing it's just a fact turmeric has a different uh, approach in weddings as well yeah. in weddings there's oh. a ceremony known, known as haldi which means turmeric mm. and a paste of turmeric sandalwood and water i guess is mixed and like applied all over the body yeah beautiful beautiful cultures i can see a lot of colors i can hear a lot of colors <laughs> sounds spices it's it's beautiful shapes and it's all predominant in our countries and yeah. it's a symbol yes. it, it it gives meaning and it also gives meaning to our designs yes not only yes, designs but anything that we create yeah and it, that's how it impacts us these are the things that impact us it's our, our it's culture our, our, yeah. our definitely our greatest influence it's who we are yeah even as much as we go elsewhere in different countries we do still reflect this uh, influences in our lives definitely and there's I mean, so many beautiful ways we can get inspired by our own cultures and yeah. use yeah. it in our modern designs yeah. we can mix them up with different cultures and maybe come up with something very new yeah i mean if you're working in a creative industry and you're listening to us right now think about it what parts of your culture inspires you and how do you implement it yeah. even if you think there isn't anything think twice i think <laughs> that everyone has that one thing that inspires them and you don't even realize it and if you're even if you're not a creative i'm sure that your culture affects you yeah. on the daily yes yeah. on yeah. the weekly <laughs> so definitely and that's why our cultures are so beautiful you know and yeah. we have to be proud of them i'm very proud of and mine. honor them in <laughs> our creative sides and yeah. our creative processes yeah. it's very important it's who we yeah. are thanks thank you so much maggie i, mean, I do I, i've enjoyed this topic you brought yeah. and uh it's It's been inspiring listening from your culture from the Bulgaria side and also India. Yeah. We are like from three different areas of the world. <laughs> yeah. One is eastern, one is uh, central and yeah. one is western. And it's interesting how many things connect us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and so many things here. that are similar. <laughs> Our creativity has connected us and it's yeah. like That's lovely. Thanks a lot. Thank, thanks for yeah. the topic, Maggie. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank for, you for listening. Thank yeah. You. Thank you for being here with me and having this amazing conversation. And thank you to our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And yeah, we'll see you in the next episode, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank Stay you, tuned. Thank you, Maggie. Bye. Bye.
the Mind and Mike podcast will be back with another interesting topic for your listening.